With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, a lot to get to tonight. Commissioner Randy Ambrosi of the Canadian Football League had an online town hall earlier today. He said the CFL season will start in September at the earliest. Canceling the season does remain a possibility. The Grey Cup will be hosted by the participating team with the best regular season record. The game was to have been in Regina. It still could be there, but Regina will get its actual Grey Cup Festival and Week in 2022. This year's Grey Cup will go to the participating team with the best regular season record, and it could be pushed back into December so they could play as many regular season games as possible. More on this and more updates for Eskimos ticket holders as we move along tonight on Inside Sports. The NHL momentum continuing to build there for a return to the 1920 season and a completion of the season, a presentation of the Stanley Cup. Of course, the two-hub city format with 12 teams in each city has uh, really been front and center for the last few days. It's interesting how things constantly change with this because a couple of days ago, the word was that they would do some sort of finish to the regular season to, you know, seed teams or eliminate teams. Well, now there appears to be a lot of discussion about having all 12 teams in each site in the playoffs. So in the Western Conference, the top four teams would get a bye. The Oilers would be seeded fifth and play Chicago in a possible best of five play-in series. Now, again, we know how often this changes. We are, we're probably going to get something from the NHL about a return-to-play plan uh, relatively soon, maybe even within a week, maybe with even in a few days. But that is the latest uh, what is coming out of those discussions. Now, Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta, commenting today on testing NHL players potentially in Edmonton. As international travelers, whether they're Canadian citizens, Alberta residents, or uh, Russians or Americans, doesn't matter. They'll, they'll all have to go through the same uh, screen protocols, which should be uh, not difficult for them to do a, a quick temperature check and provide a, uh, a an isolation plan. Now, I think the part of the in that regard, part of the idea of the Edmonton bid is this: we've got the most modern and best uh, arena in the league that just opened a couple of years ago that is connected to a by walkway to a brand new hotel with hundreds of rooms and so there can be a self-isolation zone in principle between where they're staying and where they might be practicing and playing and um, uh, we've spoken to the federal government about that and and because obviously the players and uh, their support staff would need to comply not only with our own public health orders but also with the federal uh, 14-day quarantine requirement for international uh, travel arriving from abroad uh, and so uh, the federal government agrees with us in principle that we could designate a kind of isolation zone uh, for a number of people coming in and uh, and that's that's what we're working on in, in that respect 
All right, so they're working on the details. Uh, they're only going to pick two cities. It seems like Edmonton is one of eight NHL cities being considered as a hub. So about a one in four chance, if you just want to use the mathematical odds. You know, originally the NHL was talking about using four hubs, now just two hubs, and it looks like they're down to eight on that list. And Edmonton obviously is one of them. A little more on this from Senior Vice President of Communications with Oilers Entertainment Group, Tim Shipton, is on the line. Tim, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Reed. It's uh, great to be here. Well, thanks for checking in tonight. There's clearly more and more swirling around a potential return of the National Hockey League. I'll, I'll start here. What has some of the messaging from Premier Kenny and uh, from Don Iveson, what has that sort of meant to the uh, momentum and a potential OEG hosting bid here? Well, it's it's been very important to the overall process, and, and you know, we're, we're delighted – uh, to have uh, good partners in the government of Alberta and Premier Kenny and the city of Edmonton and, and Mayor Iveson. They've been uh, uh, on board with this process right from the start. And, uh, and again, it's been a good collaboration. Obviously, Reed, you can appreciate that this is a you know, very uh, in-depth uh, bid that we've put forward to the National Hockey League. Um, lots of details, lots of layers to it in order to uh, to do it right, both from an execution uh, of the event and, and also from a public health and safety perspective. So to have those partners on board, it's, it's only strengthened our bid. And I think that message uh, has come out loud and clear uh, to the National Hockey League, uh, the unified support that exists here in Edmonton and the province of Alberta. Uh, to bring NHL hockey uh, back to our city. Okay, Tim, the one question I get asked a lot, when, 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 when? Uh, <laughs> I, I, know, I know you can't pull a date out of the calendar, but is there any general time frame that you can offer, yeah. or, or even in terms of maybe fans getting more inf- information about a time frame? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the uh, the league has been uh, been excellent uh, in communicating uh, with the franchises. There's calls uh, every week, be it uh, governor's calls, GM's calls, president's calls, and, and other business calls. So the league's done a great job of uh, keeping all the teams in the loop and, and uh, you know, moving forward collectively. Uh, you know, we're under the impression uh, – that the league wants to make, you know, a decision and, and start to signal uh, what the return of hockey looks like, you know, fairly soon, whether that's days or weeks, hard to say, but, you know, certainly there's been, uh, you know, comments from, uh, from the commissioner and the deputy commissioner that they're working hard uh, with the NHLPA and the uh, return to play committee on, on mapping out what that timeline looks like. And of course it's not, you know, we're not jumping right into uh, playoff hockey, uh, our players have been off, you know, a significant period of time. So their health and safety is vital. Need to make sure that they get, uh, you know, back into into game shape. So it's that phased approach you've heard the league talk about of uh, players and staff returning to market uh, to work out in small groups. Uh, that leads into uh, into a more formal training camp. And then that leads into, uh, you know, the resumption uh, of play in whatever format is ultimately decided. So I, I would expect, uh, you know, again, not, not definitive, but sooner rather than later. 
Well, which is good because uh, you know obviously a lot of people are are, are itching to watch uh, to watch hockey and to watch sports in general. So that so that's good to hear. Th- I mean, and this is such a this is such new ground, Tim, for for everybody. And that's uh, you know, and I know a lot of people are working hard for. But can you kind of touch on? I don't know if daunting is the right word because I think everybody's been willing to tackle it and and, and take it on. But this is. Uh, this is completely new ground, I would think, for OEG, the NHL, and everybody. Well, it sure is, right? It sure is, and uh, I would I would say that there's a tremendous amount of optimism that exists, certainly, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, the Oilers and OEG. Uh, and again, you know, the league, the commissioner has been, you know, very strong in saying that uh, you want to look at all options to get the 1920 season in. So that you know, that really has given us a lot of momentum uh to move forward with this i I think as well the the league has been you know very smart to understand it is a fluid situation right reed and it it feels like you know every day some some new news comes out and you know the goalpost shifts shifts not just for hockey but you know for kind of for society in general so i think it's a kind of a, a balance of moving plans forward but also being uh, pragmatic enough uh, to roll with the punches but you know it, it is significant uh, um, but I tell you what we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think that we couldn't deliver you know a first uh, rate uh, hosting experience uh, for teams coming to the city we can and, and as you know um, when it comes to uh, facilities, uh, we're right at the top of the NHL with our building in Rogers Place and, and our ice district, you know, from a bil- an ability to host uh, a significant number of teams. And then the backdrop, the league has been very clear uh, from day one that the number one uh, metric uh, in all of this is safety, is the health and safety of the participants, but also the health and safety of the, of the citizens of the jurisdiction uh, that's hosting. And by that measure, Reed, uh, there is no safer jurisdiction in North America than Edmonton. And Tim, just to just to clarify, because a lot of people bring this up as well, covering the expenses for this, um, you know, there, there are some concerns that public money would be involved, but it, it's my understanding that wouldn't be the case. No, Reed. Uh, you know, we certainly, um, you know, see a significant opportunity for partnership with the city of Edmonton, government of Alberta. Um, I think, you know, everybody sees the the upside of uh, being one of, you know, two jurisdictions in North America to host NHL hockey. You know, there's tremendous uh, community benefit to that. But, um, you know, we're certainly not going to government with our handout uh, in, in this. This is about uh, facilitating, uh, you know, the safe um, operation of, of hockey in our market. And we need the support of, of government to do that just from an execution of things that we have to do. But, you know, again, it's not about uh, the dollars. It's about the partnership. All right. Well, Tim, this, you know, I'm glad to hear this is moving forward. And, and I know a lot of people with OEG and the city and the province are, are working hard to make this safe and to, and to bring the game back that we love and obviously to see how the Oilers would do here down the stretch and into the postseason. So thanks for the update tonight. We'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, Reed. Uh, always appreciate it. All right, that is Tim Shipton, VP of Communications, Oilers Entertainment Group. And uh, you heard him say probably some uh, information about a return to play for the NHL sooner rather 
than later. So we're getting there. We're moving through it. We're hoping to bring sports back. We'll discuss this more with Gene Principe between 7.30 and 8. When we get back, a little more on the CFL. And if you have Eskimos tickets for the upcoming season, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What are your options now? Because obviously it will not be an 18-game season. That's next. Scott Murray is the vice president of ticketing for the Edmonton Eskimos. Scott, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for checking in tonight. Obviously, Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, made some uh, headline-making announcements today, and the Eskimos are also offering uh, some clarity here for season seat holders. Look, the commissioner said we wouldn't get a season going until September at the earliest. That's obviously going to impact the number of home games the Eskimos would play. So if people do have tickets for the upcoming season, what's going on with them and, and some of the payments they may have already made for those? Yeah, and just to, to give you a little backstory before I get into the, the options that are available, we had obviously some runway to work on this uh, going into the end of last week and, and through the long weekend so we could be prepared to go out knowing that the town hall was going to happen at 1 o'clock our time uh, today. Um, so we were prepared and uh, sent an email uh, shortly after the CFL had confirmed that they had sent their email to, to all their partners and customers. We sent them to our We sent those emails to our fans, of which are ticket buyers, whether it be through season seats, uh, premium seats, suites, uh, you name it, uh, the whole gamut. And, uh, you know, for those for those people that have bought tickets, and, and there's a number of different scenarios. We have payment plans. We have people who've paid in full. There's a lot of different scenarios as it relates to our thousands of accounts of, of ticket holders and fans. And, and uh, we, we did throw a number of options out to each of those uh, groups but they vary differently depending on how far into your payment plan you are. But uh, just to summarize them, um, we're obviously offering people the opportunity to purchase additional tickets for the games once announced, uh, once we know when and if we're able to play starting in September. Second would be uh, a credit towards the 2020 win and host Grey Cup uh, model that, that the CFL and Randy announced during the town hall today. Um, if that doesn't happen, obviously there'd still be a credit. If the Eskimos don't host, there'd still be a credit rolling into 2021. Um, we, we've also uh, made arrangements so that uh, any credits can be used for Eskimos merchandise. Obviously, our store is closed right now. Uh, physical store is closed, but our online store is up and operational. And uh, the other option that's that's in the email they received is uh, a credit to be used for for 2021 uh, as it relates to their season seats or the product they've purchased, whatever that might be, you know, and just to give you a little bit more of a backstory, I'm, I'm sure what I'm about to say isn't a surprise to you. We've had a number of people who've reached out to us already. Obviously the pandemic COVID has affected us all in our households in some way, shape or form. And, and some of our fans and customers have been affected and, and we've dealt with those in a one-on-one one basis or a one-off basis, if you will. And at the end of the day, we're here to look after our fans. Um, you know, 
we're about three hours into it, I think, since uh, Randy made the announcement. We've had some phone calls. Uh, people can deal with it online. Um, I'd ask that for the most part, if, if they know where they want to go with uh, their uh, their credits, to do it that way because we don't have, for thousands of accounts, we don't have hundreds of salespeople or service people there to take your calls. We do have some and we're dealing with them, but uh, it hasn't been overwhelming so far and that's promising for us because we want to deal with those customers as they call in. But, uh, um, you know, I, I'd say if you know the, the answer to the, the questions you've been asked, which which choice you want to make, to do that online through your your account manager system it's all set up we've tested it. it's working today but if you do have questions we're there we're there to talk to you and and i just like to throw out the number it's 448asks that's uh, 3575 so 448asks if you do have questions well scott i i appreciate how you summarize that and I, a lot of the questions i've been getting from ticket holders for you know for a variety of teams but you guys too is uh, like people are afraid that they're going to have paid money for a game that winds up not getting played but that's at some point whether it's this year or next they're they're going to get the value for what they paid and see a game for that money they are for sure at the end of the day um they've made a commitment to us and as such we feel we have to make a commitment to them we're all uncertain we'd probably knew we'd like nothing more to be going out to live events right now whether it be an escrow game or perhaps an oiler playoff game at this time of the year um at this point we 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 haven't determined, the health authorities have determined respectfully that we can't do that. But uh, you're 100% right. If, if they've paid us for a product, a 10-game product, a one-game product, we'll deliver on that. We're just not 100% sure when that might be. And obviously the, the possibility that there could be no or limited fans at, at stadiums too. So we do have to keep that in mind. Uh, all right, the, the, the Grey Cup prospect is an interesting one because we don't know where it's going to be, which uh, has never happened I don't know if that's ever happened. I think it's maybe a hundred years ago or so. So that, that that's interesting. So if the Grey Cup were to wind up being hosted by the Eskimos, um, you know, Eskimos fans could use this credit toward a Grey Cup ticket, and you guys would be probably insanely busy between the West Final and the Grey Cup Sunday, possibly even in December. Yeah, whichever team has the right to do that, it's going to be exciting. But it's also already given me chest pain. I'm not going to lie. I was here when we hosted the 2018 Grey Cup, and we had publicly about 16 to 18 months' notice, I think it would have been. But above that, we had about another two months' notice from when we, we were told by the CFL we'd be hosting. And, and uh, you know, I think Edmonton put on a heck of a show with everyone involved, uh, including our fan base and Edmontonians. Um and that took 18 months. I'm not sure what seven days might look like because if, if you picture it that the team going into the West East final is going into that winning at, let's say, as late as 5 o'clock local time in their market and uh, seven days later are going to have to pull off a great cup game. It's great for that team, the scenario. Obviously, that's the ultimate goal in sports, to play in the championship game from a back shop. The uh, people working it, uh, like I say, it's already given me chest pains, but we'll, we'll take that any day as would Brock, uh, Brock Sunderland, Chris Preston, and the rest of our team for sure. Okay. Um, am I missing anything, Scott? Is there anything else that's important to, to, to say here at this point for, uh, for Eskimos fans and ticket holders to know? Yeah, I think it's just important for us to get out there and, and thank them. Um, they've been extremely patient. I think if this uh, whole pandemic has taught 
all of us something it's to be patient that this is out of our control and i'm not talking about the eskimo specifically i'm talking just in general um our fans have been very courteous and and uh, generous when they call and, and talk to us um and thanks for that um we are uh, as of today's announcement the cfl it's important again to reiterate that we're trying to deal with everyone there may be calls where you leave a message and it may take us some time to get back we are doing our best. We got a call here at 4:30 with our team that's on the front lines to just see how the first four hours have gone. You know, all indications so far it's been fine from a standpoint of volume of calls and the actual conversations. Um, I think at the end of the day, we uh, we are committed to finding a solution that works for all of our our fans. I mean, um, you know, I think Bob Stoffer said on a radio show one night that we all get to work in the toy department of life, uh, pro sports, and I'm fortunate to do that. And we don't have customers, we have fans, and that's a great, great uh, place to be. I thank all those fans for their support and their patience, and, and we'll get through this and uh, whatever the next announcement might be, and hopefully that's uh, a positive one once we hear from uh, you know, local or regional health authorities and moving ahead. Scott, thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. You bet. Thanks, Reed. for tuning in tonight it's 735 inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos radio 630 Ched golf courses of course are open we want you to hit the links with 630 Ched and the Ranch Golf and Country Club we're inviting you and a friend to golf the championship caliber Ranch Golf and Country Club this summer go to the 630 Ched contest page for details you could win a pair of passes to the ranch pretty cool some of your headlines today and there are a few of them Uh, Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, did an online town hall. He said September at the earliest for a CFL season, which I think we kind of had that indication all along. Still possible the season could be canceled. The Grey Cup will be hosted by the participating team with the best regular season record. So the festival and the game that was scheduled for Regina uh, will not happen. I mean, the Riders could host the Grey Cup, but uh, the whole lead into the week wouldn't be the same. They're going to get the game in 2022. Hamilton has it next year. And to get the longest regular season possible, they could move the Grey Cup back into uh, back to December, maybe the first or second weekend in December. The uh, NHL, the latest scuttle there is that now they're they're looking at maybe going straight to the playoffs with the top 12 teams. In each conference, the top four teams would get a bye to the second round. They might do some games against each other to, to get up to game speed. This would mean Edmonton and the Blackhawks in a potential first round, either a best of three or a best of five. This obviously is not final. The discussion around an NHL return to play tends to change quite a bit, but we do know that Edmonton remains in the mix to be one of the two hub cities. And uh, news about baseball in the River Valley. A new group has a 10-year lease for REMAX Field. Former Oiler Dr. Randy Gregg is part of the group. He's going to join us in about 12 minutes. But I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports one of the most popular gentlemen in the entire city of Edmonton. It's the one and only Gene Principe. Gene, how are you doing? Reed Wilkins, if I'm talking to you, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great. A pleasure to have you on the show. We haven't uh, had you on since uh, early on. 
in the NHL pause, yeah. and maybe a, a finger is slowly reaching towards that pause button on the VCR to hit that nice play arrow next to it. <laughs> I remember VCRs. You know, it's funny, Reed. I used to work at the pop shop back in the early to mid-80s, and that was when VCRs were coming out. And I remember we used to have, along with selling pop at the pop shop, we used to rent videos. And it's unbelievable to think that people would come in on a Friday and rent like a VCR and like three movies for 15 bucks and have to have it back on Monday. Uh, needless to say, I got access to a lot of movies back then, but hard to believe, it's hard to tell kids that story now to think that you're renting vcrs for the weekend to watch movies it's a long long time ago buddy <laughs> yeah absolutely well how i mean look i i'm sure a lot of people follow you on twitter and your instagram and i know you've been doing uh some of the interviews unfortunately many of which i haven't been able to see because they, they yeah. often overlap with when i'm on but just let people yeah. know who you've been talking to how you've been yeah. keeping busy well a combination i've been you know people ask are you busy and i say if the oilers were in the playoffs no, I'm not busy compared to that. But if you had told me I'd be working out of my home back on March 11th when the Oilers played their last game, I'd say, yes, I'm busier than I would have expected or thought I could be. I've been doing at-home uh, interviews uh, with Sportsnet. Uh, generally, uh, various players around the league from, you know, Ryan Miller to uh, Devin Dubnik uh, to Pat Maroon, uh, to Jujar Kara, I mean, it's been all over the map geographically as teams have been very kind to, to offer up players, uh, which has been, you know, incredibly helpful as we look for sports content. And then I, you know, early on, Reed, I thought, you know, what are we going to do here? I had no idea what Instagram Live was, and I'm not sure I, I still know what it is, but thanks to a 19-year-old daughter, she gets me on the air every Thursday and Friday. I do Throwback Thursday, which is always a former Oiler, and then I do Fighter Friday. Um, Fighter Friday, I've talked to Dennis Bonvi, George Laroque, Luke Gazdick, Brian McGratton, uh, Kelly Chase, and I'm working on Dave Tiger Williams uh, for Friday, or potentially Stu Grimson, who I know is a friend of the show. And then for Throwback Thursday, thanks to Pat Garland uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, who runs the alumni, he and I uh, brainstorm early in the week and try and come up with guys who, who fit that week, whether it's, you know, uh, last week it was Andy Moog because uh, the Oilers were on the verge of winning their first cup and he was a winning goaltender. Um, we've also talked to Grant Fuhrer. Uh, I have had a chance to uh, talk to Eric Greiba. Uh, you know, it's kind of Andrew Ferrin. So it's, it's recent Oilers from the past to those guys from the beginning and kind of everything in between. So it's a lot of fun. Instagram, Reed, it's not, I know you do a lot of prep for your shows. Instagram, you might look at their hockey DB, but for the most part, okay, five o'clock. All right, we're on. Hi, everybody. And, uh, you know, you take questions from people. I usually go half an hour, uh, but with a couple of heavyweights, one Louie, who I work with, I went an hour, and Big Mac, Steve McIntyre, last Friday, I went 45 minutes. So there's the, the canvas is wide open. You can go a long time. I try to keep it to half hour. I think a good half hour is better than a not so good or average 45 minutes or an hour, but uh, Louie was great. Big Mac was great. So, um, yeah, working on Alex Hemsky for Thursday and Dave Tiger Williams for Friday. Good stuff. Well, and I, I've done enforcer weeks on Inside Sports. Yeah. And those yeah. are often, those guys have so so many great oh. stories because nobody as a 12-year-old thought, I'm going to go to the NHL right. and I'm going to get 200 penalty minutes and fight 25 times yes. a year. But they have to, for whatever reason, they have to adapt to that role and become 
that type of a player. And a lot of those guys, it's interesting, they, they're not psychos off the ice, you know, no, but they, they, they got to play that role. As you know, they're some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And uh, I know that your enforcer week was was a big hit. Uh, as I as I tell them, it's called Fighter Friday, but we don't spend a straight half an hour on fighting. You know, you punch this guy in the face. There's a couple of toughest fights, you know, a challenge, how hard have you been hit or vice versa. Um, and then it's stories, you know, it's just stories that are related to being in hockey and it's it's so much fun i have an incredible amount of laughs uh with these guys uh both on throwback thursday and fighter friday i mean i always say this reed i have some incredible stories with my friends but nobody knows my friends where these guys tell you stories and we know who they're talking about generally speaking so the story really kind of hits home and so it's been a lot of fun i I have to admit uh it's not something i probably would have done if we don't hit a pandemic uh but it's something i might consider continuing to do if not through the summer certainly when the hockey season begins and that's a bit strange now because we're not sure when it'll start or end or you know uh so but it's been great it's been a nice uh nice outlet for me Gene Principe joining us tonight at Inside Sports. And, and yeah, like uh, we're starting to, well, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about hockey coming back. And I don't think I was pessimistic before. I just didn't feel comfortable saying like, oh, yeah, it's going to be back. Like, let's pick let's pick a day and just assume it's going to be back because there's so much unknown. But th- there appears to be more momentum. I don't know if it's going to be Edmonton. Clearly, Rogers' place in Edmonton is in the running. I don't know if that'll ultimately be the NHL's final decision. But but I'm feeling a lot more confident that you know we might have a late summer into the fall completion Stanley Cup being given out. How, how are you feeling given some of the things we've heard over the last few days, Gene? Yeah, I'm sure you're like me. Um, you know, when you're out and about and you're running into people and they say, Reed, what do you think? You know, Gene, what do you think? Bob, what do you think? Jack, what do you think? Rob Brown? I mean, you know, pick a guy, any guy, if people know who you are, they want to know what you know uh, when it comes to hockey coming back. I, I would say I'm I'm like 75, 25 that it's, it's coming back, but that's climbing. Maybe if you checked with me three weeks ago, I might have said 50-50, but I think it sort of goes up every week or every time there's a, there's a new story um and our for lack of a better term old story pandemic which was at the height of some crazy numbers luckily in edmonton we we were we did good we did really good we were either really good really lucky or both uh regarding hand sanitizer and social distancing and all the things we were staying home um so uh, yeah and i think if you ask me next week reed it might be 80 20 and so it's it is going up um definitely through some some conference calls we've been involved in as as national or regional rights holders there are some you know issues to tackle and sometimes with a pandemic something you've never uh, had to deal with before unlike strikes or lockouts or you know player disturbances um you know new things come up new challenges um you know today there's the the another month of non-essential travel across the border but you know people are trying to not work around that but work with that of course the quarantine once all these players come back from whether it's canada the us or vice versa or sweden or slovakia wherever they're coming from so uh, yeah i think we're getting closer reed uh, you know the summer is an interesting time because it really especially in this area of the world the oil country it's a great time to be outdoors and enjoying yourself but what the heck set up the tv on the deck uh let's hope you and i are at the games and the hub is here and uh you know 
enjoy your day outside or part of your day. And if it's a triple header or double header, let's get at it, especially with Edmonton being right in the mix there for playoff positioning. Yeah, well, that could be the interesting thing is how many games would there be in a day? And, uh, you know, just purely from our perspective, and you, you touched on it, like, would we go? <laughs> yeah. Even if it was here, uh, would we go? Or, or would, like for Rob and I, are we covering the home games like we would the road games just in the in the 630 Chet studio. I mean, that's low down on the list of priorities yeah. for, for people listening. But there, there'd be a lot of adjustments. But that's I, I think that's what the NHL, the Oilers, and everybody's working through right now. Uh, I would agree. I mean, I think back, and it seems like a long time ago, I remember interviewing Matt Benning, uh, the final uh, walk-off intermission interview of an Oiler on that Wednesday night prior to the NBA putting their season, you know, postponing. And then Thursday was and Friday came and then suddenly everything was, was on hold. And I, I mean, Matt's well-spoken, good talkative guy. And I mean, Matt's sweating, right? And he's like sweating all over my mic and, uh, or Sportsnet's mic and probably on my hand. And we're like maybe 18 inches to two feet apart. Um, so uh, like that just seems like archaic now and seems irresponsible and seems impossible to do so how will i you know we usually room open you hop in the room and there's a bunch of sweaty hockey players and maybe some sweaty media and we all (laughs) combine in this room and especially uh you know with playoffs i've been in many rooms i've had the honor of covering some stanley cup finals and hopefully one is happening here maybe as soon as this summer early fall um it's just packed with media and and players so i think we're going to go back to that press conference style at best, way at the back of the room, here's three players and the coach. Um, and maybe we, we hop in, we record that, and we leave right away. And so, you know, but who knows? And uh, so I may be replaced by a headset for part of my work, at least temporarily. Uh, it doesn't feel good, but it feels like it's the right thing to do, at least for now. Gene, the right thing for me to do is have you on the show more often. You're a lovely guest and a lovely man. Thank you for checking in tonight. Anytime, buddy. Anytime, Reed. Take care of you and your family, pal. One of the good guys, Gene Principe from Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An update on baseball at Remax Field when we get back. Sports at 6.30, Chet. And developments concerning Remax Field baseball here in Edmonton and starting in April, a 10-year lease for Baseball Edmonton Incorporated and one of their members well-known to sports fans in this city. It is Dr. Randy Gregg on the line. Randy, you're on with Reed. Good to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Staying healthy. Hopefully you are as well. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, doing okay. Uh, doing okay. Thanks for uh, updating this story with us. Uh, so your group uh, has earned the lease here from the city 10 years. It'll start in April. I think the question I got to dive in here with Randy is what does this mean uh, for the Edmonton prospects uh, owned by Patrick Cassidy and his group? 
Yeah, so really our, our goal is it's fourfold. The first uh, priority for us is to uh, really entice the prospects to continue to play at REMAX Field. They've done a good job. They have a very good quality product. The WCBL is a, it's an entertaining league, and it gives young uh, Canadian ballplayers a chance to come back and play in front of their fans. So we're looking forward to working with the prospects and seeing if it, if it meets their needs to stay at REMAX. We certainly would like that as well. Uh, the second priority is to try to get a second team in the WCBL. You know, in the uh, in that league, uh, Brooks has uh, 8,800 people, and they've got a team. They've got 970,000 people, and so much like the Edmonton Huskies and Edmonton Wildcats, a really nice rivalry across town. Rivalry. We think that the city certainly could use two teams, and we'd like to be able to look at that not only to give the fans the option of having more baseball to watch in a very short season, but also to use the facility more as well. The third component we're looking for is uh, minor baseball involvement. You know, right now, uh, REMAX Field is closed and shuttered 250 days a year. And, uh, you know, it's really a travesty. As a citizen of Edmonton, a taxpayer, and somebody who lived here for a long time, I really hope that the city does a great job in utilizing their facilities. And uh, so well, that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to maintain uh, a sort of a hub for minor baseball. We know in many communities uh, in the Edmonton area and around the surrounding locations, uh, there's some great baseball programs, and so we'd like to work with them and augment the program by having this great facility available for young players to come and practice, have camps, maybe play their game. Can you imagine a, a young baseball player, a young girl or guy having a chance to play Remax Field? I mean, it's just such a, a great thrill for them all, and so we're looking forward to that. And the final thing, and this is important as well, is that we don't think of Remax Field as a baseball uh, park. We think of it as an entertainment venue. I, I know nothing about arts and music, but I know there's lots of really smart people in the community that do. And so we're going to keep our ears open and really respect their input to see whether some of the arts events and the community music events could be held at REMAX Field to make it a real hub for the community and not just for one baseball team. Uh, if we succeed uh, partially in those goals, I think we'll be doing a good job. And it's been really a pleasure to work for the City of Edmonton. Uh, they're not in the business of running these facilities, much like... Uh, uh, Rogers Place, what they want is they want a partner to be able to maintain the, the bills, to pay the bills on time, to look at the capital infrastructure, and then to do a good job so our community has something special. Randy, when you talk about potentially bringing in another team in the WCBL, would your group own and operate that team, or would you go, uh, you know, make that opportunity available for somebody else? Yeah, it could be either way. Uh, we just really like the idea of utilizing that that season. We know the AAA baseball is not coming back to Canada. It's the difficulty the Major League Baseball uh, programs are, are really are reducing their uh, uh, their AAA and AA rosters and so forth. And of course, the travel restrictions across the U.S.-Canada border really make that an impossibility. So we think that the Western Canadian Baseball League, an elite summer baseball program, uh, is, is not only the best we can do, but it's pretty darn good. Uh, you know, the prospects have shown they put a, a good product on the field. It's exciting. It's affordable, and with the pandemic and now with some of the economic realities that we might all have to face in the next little while, you know, we want to make sure that people have an affordable place to go, have some uh, sporting entertainment, and be able to bring their families. Okay, Dr. Randy Gregg joining us tonight on Inside Sports. So he gives you the lowdown on uh, his group, Baseball Edmonton Incorporated. They get the lease from the uh, city to uh, operate Remax Field for 10 years starting in April. Randy, uh, into the final couple minutes of the show, I got to close here uh, a little bit about uh, a memory from your hockey career because the 1987 Stanley Cup final got replayed 
and that has a lot of people talking about that year, re-watching the games or seeing it for the first time. Um, the Flyers took you to seven, and you guys obviously bounced back from the disappointment of the previous spring. Give me a, a, a headline for you from that 87 run. You know, when you think of the five Stanley Cups that we did win, 1987 was the only seven-game series. And as a player, uh, you know, by that time, you were so physically and emotionally mentally exhausted that you're really working on fumes. And, and I can remember thinking to myself, this is the only time in my life where there's no extra game. You know, at the end of the seventh game, it's all done no matter what. And it didn't seem to give us a lot of pressure. Our team was so good at handling the pressure of these situations. We had this great leadership with Mark Nessie and, and Wayne and, and all of the great players we had. Uh, but it was a unique experience that we never had a game. We would always win the Stanley Cups in four or five uh, games. And so I look back, and not, not only were the Philadelphia players a you know, great, great team, uh, but that seventh game was really unique and a great experience for all of us. Randy, thanks for that, and thanks for the update on Baseball Edmonton Incorporated. I'm sure we'll have you on again to, to talk about this. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. You have a good night. Okay, there you go. Well, we covered a lot today. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking in. You heard from Randy Gregg, Gene Principe, Scott Murray, Tim Shipton. Uh, get more on uh, pretty much all these stories on 630shed.com, globalnews.ca. Remember, go to the contest page on 630shed.com. And uh, you can enter the contest to get a couple of golf passes to play the ranch this summer. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you at 7 tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.